we're gonna read Jeremiah 23, and it's only two verses, <laughs> so it's not that much. Um, it's on page page um, 600. Uh, Sorry, 651 in the Bibles around the room. And if you guys don't own a Bible, feel free to take one as a gift from us so you guys can find out more about God. Um, so this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to read in Spanish. You can follow me on your Bibles. And um, when we're done, I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord. And you guys will say, thanks to the Lord. We're very thankful that we can be together and we can be free to open the Bible and share. Um, and then we're going to pray later. So um, this is the word of the Lord that says in Jeremiah 23, verses 23 and 24. ¿Acaso soy yo un Dios solo de cerca? Declara el Señor. ¿Y no un Dios de lejos? ¿Podrá alguien esconderse en escondites de modo que yo no lo vea? Declara el Señor. No lleno yo los cielos y la tierra, declara el Señor. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, and our God, thank you for choosing us and showing us who you are. Thank you for being here with us and at the same time with all of our family around the globe just because you are God. We are also thankful that you bring Pastor Nathan to share your precious word with us. We pray that you bless and guide him to be the voice that our hearts need to hear. Please, Lord, help us to be intentional and desire to see your power as the only omnipresent God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Good morning, Livingstone Sparks. It is so good to be with you here today. So I'm Nathan. I'm one of the pastors from the Reno Church. And um, as they mentioned, that we have six churches. And so uh, the Reno Church is kind of like the mother church. It sends out and plants other churches. Actually, that's how Sparks became a church. It was sent out and planted by uh the Reno Church. It's kind of like in the book of Acts, uh, the church of Antioch. Again, it was kind of like the Hubbard, um, the Hub Church, and then it sends out. And that's the goal because we are on mission. But I'm one of the pastors there. I've been at Livingstones now uh, for approximately five years. Uh, I'm from South Carolina, but I lived in Reno uh, for the last 30 years. Um, love this city, love this community, and um, it is a joy to be here with you today. Um, Pastor Mark is not here today, but uh, I just wanted to welcome him to the city. I haven't had a chance to really welcome him. Um, we were just so overjoyed by him and his family, his wife, Christy, and the family coming um, here and being here at this church. And it's just God's providence in what he's doing. And it's a great joy, again, for him to be here. And we are so thankful for him. Always for me, uh, it is good to see so many uh, family and friends and uh, just many friends from the Reno Church who are here uh, it is a great joy, and um, we and we are, we love the Sparks Church. We we love all you guys, and and I just want to say thank you for your labor of love uh, that's happening here in the city of Sparks, and how you're moving the mission of God forward. So that is great um, that what you're doing here. Now I know what today is. Um, today is uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so I know some of you are going to be looking at your watches, like, um, all right, Pastor. <laughs> Come on, let's move it along. But um, 
uh, we were, the, today should be a fun day, and we're really excited about that also. And so um, we all know what's going to happen today, right, in the Super Bowl. We all know what's going to happen, right? Um, the Chiefs are going to – okay, I'm just going to leave that there for you. I'm, I'm not going to finish that. I'm just going to leave that there for you to finish that, and I'm sure uh, you have uh, what you want in mind. Um, again, uh, just welcome to all the visitors and, and all the guests that are here today. Really delighted that you are here today. So we are continuing in our series, um, The God That Is There. And we've been taking a look at the attributes and the characteristics of God. Uh, and today uh, we're in the third Omni series. And when I say Omni, uh, there are attributes of God that are called, that he is called omniscient, uh, omnipotent. And today we're going to be taking a look at uh, omnipresent. And the word omni uh, just means all. It means all. And when we talk about God as omniscient, we're talking about that he is uh, all-knowing. He, he knows everything. He knows everything about you from A to Z, from Z to A. He knows everything. So he's omniscient. And not only that he's omniscient, but he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. Uh, th there is no power uh, that compares to, to God and the power that he has. And we see it in his creation. We see it in his um, humanity. We, we see it all over that God is all powerful. And today we're going to be taking a look at this attribute of God's omnipresent. That God is a present. And definition should be on the uh, screen for you. But all means what? All. Every place, every corner, every locality that there is. The Bible lets us know that he is ever and fully present. Past, present. And future, there's not a time or place that God has not been fully present. Now, that should blow our minds. Amen? Amen. Th that should be something that we're like, what? Wow? When? How? That's the God of the Bible. That is the God of the scriptures. Now, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm truly inadequate to, to preach this. How, how the immensity of God. How big he is. And when we talk about God's immensity, which means he's a God that we cannot contain. And you know, culture in the world and people, we're always trying to contain God. We're always trying to put him in a box and we're trying to put him in a place where uh, we can contain him, which means if we can contain him, we can control him. But that's not the type of God that the Bible teaches us about. And so I really feel inadequate about trying to preach to all these subjects when we talk about the attributes of God. But here's the deal. God has revealed himself in the scriptures. And to the extent that we are able to probe, to know who God is, that's what we do when we come to the scriptures to see who God is. And so what we're doing, even in the book of Job, Job asked this question. He said, in all your searching, he said, can you find God? He said, can you define the, uh, the, the limits of God? And the answer is no. But we are called to look at what the scriptures say and how God reveals himself to us. And we should be overwhelmed by who this God is, that, that by his immensity, by his greatness and by this massive God, we should be overwhelmed. 
And in that overwhelming, we should see some results. You know what should happen in that overwhelming when we come to understand that this God is who he is? Number one, we should become better worshipers. Right? Like, we should be ones who are like, this is this great God. And, and we should become better worship. Like, we should not be running rebels anymore, right? We should lay it down and say, I'm not going to be opposing and fighting against God, who is this great and this massive. So we should become better worshipers. And number two, our faith. Our faith should increase. We should have greater faith in our lives. And I don't know if you understand this, but, but faith is, is something not easy. And if, if you see from the scriptures, you know, our faith has, it needs to grow and it needs to be increased. But our faith is something that should become greater by getting and understanding who this God is. When I make this statement that um, faith is not easy. And, and sometimes our faith will be stretched with all the complexities of this world. All the things that happens on a day-to-day -day basis, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all these things that happen, um, we are to probe God. We are to seek him. He has revealed himself in the scriptures. And so we are to seek him to know who he is. And thirdly, we should be transformed by it. There should be more people serving in the L.S. Sparks Church when we come to this reality of who God is. There should be more people giving up their lives to this great and massive God. So we're going to take a look at these things as we go into these scriptures today. And again, one of my overwhelming um, um, goals is that, again, we, we will come to this massive God that would be so big that many of our problems will really become small. That he would shift our perspective on, on who he is and who do we serve and the things that should come because of who he is. So today, again, we're looking at uh, this omnipresent God. I kind of gave you a definition, and, um, but there was a story of a, a little girl who went to church with her mother, and they went, she went to Sunday school. And the mother uh, picked her up after uh, church from Sunday school. And she said to the little girl, so honey, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And she said, today we learned about the omnipresent God. And the mother said, hmm, what, is, um, what does that mean? What is the omnipresent God? And the little girl said to her, there is no place God ain't. <laughs> Isn't that like the best definition? Like there's just no place God ain't. Now, the language might not be there, but the theology is correct. And that's the theology that we want to have and that we want to understand. That there's no place that God isn't. When we feel alone. We feel like he's not there. When we feel like we're in the darkest places of our lives and times of the most hardest, there's no place that God ain't. Just no place that he ain't. So that's the main point of my sermon today. There's no place God ain't. Now, I, I kind of gave um, this simple kind of definition of God, all present. But what... A, a culture of diversity with, with 7 billion people on this planet, of course. There's many thoughts about who God is. There's, there's many thoughts about uh, how he is and what are his attributes. And so what we do is we go to the scriptures. God has revealed himself. He, through his special revelation to you and I about him. 
And so that's what we are taking a look at today. So I thought it would be very important as we jump in today that we will look at, let's first look at this. Let's look at six things about the omnipresent God. And it should be coming up on the screen as we look at these six things. But the first thing that we're going to take a look at today is that God's omnipresence is biblical, but is uh, often misunderstood. So many times when we talk about God, his omnipresence is biblical. We find it in the Bible, but it's, again, often misunderstood and misrepresented. And again, there is a, uh, a world of diversity that tries to define who God is. And as I stated, we only get to know who God is uh, from his scripture, from his scripture. Now, people have many thoughts about God. One of the things that people think about God is uh, they think God is this pantheistic God. And so there's this um, belief of pantheism. That God is in everything and that he's a part of everything. Uh, they would say that God is a part of the trees. He's a part of the mountains and he's a, a part of the rock. They would make God this impersonal force uh, in the world. They would say that you and I are a part of God, but they would make him impersonal. But that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is personal. The God of the Bible is described as one who walked with um, Adam in the garden, who was fully present. And that's one of the key words I want you to hear today, that God is in all places at all times fully present. You and I, we can't achieve that. We're, our attention is divided. We're limited. God is unlimited. And he is, uh, but he, he is not an impersonal force that's in the world. God is beyond and above his creation. So Pantheists, again, say that he's a part and identified with uh, the trees and the mountains. Listen, when I'm in uh, my darkest times and I'm in uh, the most difficult place in my life, uh, I need a personal God. I need a God who's going to speak to my heart and who's going to be present with me. Right? I'm sorry, but I've never had a conversation with a tree. <laughs> and I hope to God I don't ever have one with one. You know? I've, I've never, you know, a rock has not done anything good for me but break my windshield. I mean, uh, these are impersonal forces that they're saying. But, but what pantheists try to do, they try to minimize our God, what they do. Because, see, if, if I'm a part of God, if I'm a part of God, uh, and he's a part of me in this way that the pantheists describe, it, it reduces who God is. Matter of fact, um, it would make me not need salvation. Um, it, it, would, it would cause God, it would him to be just merely uh, harmless, immoral, uh, uh, some total of natural elements is what God would, would be to you and I. And that's what the scripture describes as heresy. That's heresy. Um, so these, that's what pantheists uh, do. And I have many friends too. They, when, you know, when you, you, you know, when you begin to talk spiritual with them, or you try to talk about the gospel or Jesus Christ, uh, they're like, yes, yes, I'm, I'm very spiritual, you know, and I, um, you know, and they talk about their spiritual experiences, you know, with creation and all these things. But, but that's what uh, pantheism is. But that's, not the God of the Bible. There's another extreme also that talks about deism. And this is the thought that uh, God uh, made the earth, set some fixed laws in place, and he turned his attention elsewhere. He's like this, this absentee landlord. Like he's, he, he made us and then he left us and he's not with us. 
That's heresy also, but that's, that's not what the Bible, but there are many people who believe these things. But again, God's omnipresence is something biblical, but many times misunderstood because of many diversity thoughts of people all around the world. But it is the scriptures, the holy scriptures that reveal to us the type of God that he is. That he is a God that cares, that he's a God that sees. I love God has many names in the Bible. And if you study the Bible, you learn that one of the many names I love for um, um, God is from um, the, the servant Haggai, Hagar, when she named God, when she left and she was on this desert journey and she gave him a name and she said, he is the God who sees. He is. He's a God that sees you and I, but not, he, he's fully present. Now, I don't want you to miss this as we talk about, again, this omnipresent God. He's fully present. So don't believe the lie that he's not there and that he's not with you, that he's a God that's fully present. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. God omnipresence is beyond all, yet he is accessible. Yet he is accessible. This is the concept in Christianity that when we talk about the transcendence of God and the eminence of God, when we talk about God's transcendence, he is beyond his creation. Uh, he is one uh, that, that, describe, that the Bible describes that upholds everything, and he doesn't need anyone to help him in holding all things together. He is beyond us, but he did reveal himself to us because he wants us uh, to know him. Here's a God that sits in heaven, but looks and manages everything below. His handprint is everywhere, but his presence is also when we talk about God's transcendence. He is wholly independent of this material universe. But yet, he, his omnipresence is beyond you all. He is accessible. Let's talk about the eminence of God, that he is far, but yet he is near. Why is he near? Because we need him to be near. We, we come to the end of ourselves, and guess what? He's right there. He's near. He's a God who wants to be present and near with you. And I love what the Bible talks about. It talks about he's near the brokenhearted. He's near the ones who don't have it all figured out yet. He nears the one who, who calls on him by faith, who looks unto him. The God that is in heaven is very near. Here's the third thing. God's omnipresent is revealed except when he does not choose to reveal himself. See, God reveals himself, but he can also choose not to reveal himself. And he doesn't reveal himself to every person the same way. He reveals himself in different ways to different people. That's what we learn about the God of the Bible. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 46 and 1 that he's a, present, he's a very present help in troublesome times. He reveals himself to people. Those who call on him and those who pray constantly. And sometimes, even you and I as Christians, God calls us to have faith where we, we know the Bible says that he's there. And it doesn't maybe feel like he's there. It may seem like he's absent. But he's there. And when I say that, I mean this, that many times... By faith, we need to know that he's there and we don't even have to ask God to reveal himself in some specific way. 
Because we like, you know, we like to know. Amen? Come on, don't leave me up here by, by myself. We, we like to know. And, but the scripture lets us know, again, that he is there. And God will. He reveal himself at times. And sometimes, again, he doesn't. And that's a time that he may be calling our faith to grow, to look to him and trust him. You know, it's not that you did anything wrong. It's not that I've sinned and God now is not with me. And he's not revealing himself to me. You know, but he does. And guess what? God knows when to reveal himself to you. I just remember a desperate, dark time in my life, and I was feeling so alone. I was just like, God, where are you? What are you doing? And, and it must have been out of my desperation, and, and he didn't have to. But I remember I was driving on the freeway, and, and I remember I was just weeping. And it was so amazing. I'm serious. It was just like this white dove like flew across my window and then it was like when I was driving like hovering in front of me and, 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 and call me crazy <laughs> but I know that was God revealing himself like God son I'm with you and I'll tell you God reveals himself in small subtle ways sometimes we miss it right but so, he reveals himself that his presence is there in small subtle ways sometimes and listen he'll do it and then he'll be gone just to let you know that he's there. But he reveals himself to you. In the book of Genesis, Jacob was traveling on this road and he ran away from his brother, had been fighting. He's on this road. One night he goes to sleep. He has this dream. He, wait, he has this dream and it's this ladder ascending and descending forever. And it was God was like saying, son, I'm here. And that's what he does to you and I. He lets us know that he's here. And then sometimes again, though, he, don't, he do not reveal himself. Uh, there, there are many that will not get uh, God's revelation of who he is. He would not reveal himself there. Sometimes God <laughs> makes his presence and his existence uh, very obscure and inadequate. He does. That's what one atheist by the name of, uh, what's his name, Bertrell um, Russell said. He just makes it very obscure and inadequate. And um, but this is what I love. This is a quote from A.W. Tozer. He says this. You can see God from anywhere if your mind is set to love and obey him. So you can see him from anywhere. So, again, we see uh, he reveals himself. God omnipresence is revealed. And when he wants to reveal himself to us. Number four, here's one. God's omnipresent means he is everywhere at all times. Fully present. Fully pre He's everywhere all times. Fully present. Have you intentionally done something uh, just wrong? Uh, just foolishly? And you, you thought the Lord would not see you? Right? You, you just like, I'm going to do this. And, and God is not going to see me. <laughs> no. He is. Notice. It means there ain't no place he ain't. <laughs> God is watching everywhere. He sees the good and the evil. But I don't want you to think of God as some evil eye in the sky. 
just watching over you so that he may judge you and that he may pound down his uh, discipline and judgment on you. No, when we think about God's presence and who he is, we need to think about it in his love and his care about us in our daily life and that he is uh, with us and his eye is upon us. But God's omnipresence means he is everywhere at all times and he's fully present. Number five, God's omnipresence brings blessings or not. And we need to understand our blessings are because we are in Christ. Because Christ has um, purchased us by his blood. Not because of our works, not because of performance and what we do. But because of Jesus Christ. You have children. Are they good? Don't answer that. <laughs> but you bring good things. You want them to be blessed and you bring good things and they make mistakes and they say the wrong things. They do the wrong things. Their hearts can be continually evil. <laughs> and we bring. We want to bless them. And, and you are his. Hear me, loved one. You've been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are his. And he brings blessings. Um, God brings his blessings in many different ways. Here are some of the benefits of God's blessings in our life. God brings guidance. We, we need guidance. If you're here today and you feel like you don't need guidance, um, you might not get God revealing himself to you because it is people who have their utter dependence upon him. But we need guidance in our life and we are promised guidance from God through his word and through his presence and through his Holy Spirit, but we are promised guidance uh, from him. Um, his presence brings victory over a temptation. That's what 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, there's no temptation that is overtaking you that is not common to man. But he brings about victory over trial and temptations that we have in our life. This is the ever fully present God who is in our lives. He brings provision for our needs. He, he brings freedom from anxiety. And, and what does that mean? So God is ever promised, he's ever present, he's fully present. How, you know, sometimes we just worry about things, but knowing that he is there, like sometimes we get lonely, but some, and, and knowing that God is fully and ever present, sometimes we get lonely, but we don't get lonely enough to run to him and to say, Lord, let me snuggle up to you right now. Let me hear from you right now. Let me call upon your name right now. I need you. This situation is overwhelming in my life. I can't do it on my own. I need your guidance. I need your provision. I need you. And that's one of the things that God desires for us, for us to run to him. You know? And I don't have to be always Mr. Know-it-all. I don't have to be the cutest. I don't have to be uh, the one who has everything together. No, I come to God with my snotty nose and just a cry unto him sometimes. <laughs> Because I need him. And I'm not going to portray this. I got this. That I know what to do. And I don't need your counsel. 
But but here is a, a God who brings blessings through his presence and how he wants to make himself known unto us. He frees us from anxiety. And I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you might be facing. I don't know what may be happening in your family, on your job, or internally inside of you. I, I don't know, but I know there's a fully present, ever ready God there waiting for you to call upon him by faith. By faith. Call him. Call upon him. Here's the final thing. God's omnipresent inhabits eternity and the lowly of heart. We talked about that. So the prophet Avia speaks about this God who indwells eternity. He's high. He's lifted up. He's holy. He dwells there. That's what Isaiah tells us about uh, this God. He's, he's enthroned in glory. He, he manages the entire earth. There's nothing that evades his sight or his hand or his providence. The Bible said if a bird falls to the ground, that the God of the universe knows it. He knows it. He sees it. You know, it's crazy because many times I'll be riding in my car and I see a bird fall. I'll be like, God knows that. He, he knows it. He sees it. Because he is ever present. And the truth is um, that God desires for us to seek his presence continually. That's what he desires from us. So I say God omnipresent inhabits eternity and the lowly of heart. Have you admitted your utter dependence to him? Have, have you just got in a place and say, God, I need you. Like I know, you know, you're there and the scripture says that you're present and you're here. But that's the heart that the scripture lets us know that, that he finds himself going to that contrite heart, that lowly of heart, broken people. This is how we experience the gospel, not to think that we have it together. And so. Those are some things, again, as we take a look at um, God's presence. That he's ever and fully present. Um, C.S. Lewis says this. We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. He's there. Let's move to this truth. So we've taken a look at what the Bible shows us about this uh, omnipresent God and what it says about him. So I want to move to this truth for, for you and I today. Again, as we talk about um, this omnipresent God, here's this truth from Psalm 139. We're going to read some verses there. But here's the truth that I want you to make sure that you have when you leave it. God is always with me. You know, and if you need to say that to yourself as you leave here today, listen, that God is always with me. This is what Psalms um, 139 uh, says. This is what verse 5 says. You hem me in behind 
and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. Notice what the psalmist says here to David. David says, you hem me in behind. Like God, listen, God has you surrounded. You hemmed in. He says, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. He says, verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. We can't always understand it. Can you embrace that? Like, you, listen, you, you will not always understand it. You, you will not. And, and that's what he says. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And, you know, and, and one of the flaws in our humanity, again, is to think that we can understand it and think that we can know it and that we have to know every step that God is making and what he's doing in our life. But God just said today for you and I to know that he's there. And listen, he's not a do-nothing God. He's not a God that just, just stand there and watch me like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, he might be saying, mm-mm, mm-mm. But he's a God who's active in our lives. That's what he says there. Notice what he says here in verse 8. Where shall I go from your spirit or where should I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. He said, where shall I go? He said, shall I? He said, shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, he said, you are there. First of all, he says, death cannot separate you from his presence. He said, if I go to heaven, if I make my bed in Sheol, you're there, you know. And people ask that question, does God omnipresence mean that he's in Sheol? That means, that, is he in hell? He's everywhere. There ain't no place. He ain't. Now, the people get puzzled by that. But one thing that you'll learn about this omnipresent God is this, that God is in every place. Fully present means he is executing his character differently in different places. So if he's in hell, that means he would be executing judgment and punishment. But if he's somewhere else with someone else, he is executing maybe guidance and provision. But God is ever-present everywhere all the time. Um, where shall I go? Have you ever tried to just run from God? Right? Just like run and hide uh, from God. People do that all the time. They try to run and they try to hide from God. You can't. Jonah tried to run. He could not run. Right? Have you ever played hide and seek with your kids? Right? They are horrible at it, right? <laughs> Have you seen, like, you go there, run, and, then, and you'll see them, you'll walk in the room like, where you at? I can't find you. And they're like, right there, right? It's the same thing with you and I. We're horrible at trying to run and hide from God. He sees it. He's, he's right there. So it says death cannot separate you. Distance cannot separate you. And then it goes on to say here, notice verse 12, even the darkness is not dark to you. Darkness cannot separate you. God is there. He's ever present. So God is what? Always with you. He's too big to miss. 
And he's too loving to ignore us. He is. I want to close with this final thought here. God is always for me. We, we learned about this omnipresent God that he's always uh, there. We learned that he's always with us. But I want to let you know that his omnipresent have greater implications that he's always for me. He's always for me. So many scriptures decide, uh, this, describe this, but because of time, I definitely won't be able to hit it. But he is always for me. See, you weren't just created to um, just, just give God your, your mission and your service. But you listen, God created you for you to know him, to love him, and to have fellowship with him. That, that's, that's one of the greater implications of his omnipresence and why he is here. So I want to give us a few applications as, as we close out today. Here's application number one. God's omnipresence should give us a sense of what? Come on, say it with me. Accountability. That what, whatever I'm doing, that God is with me. That even before, some of the things, even before I say what I say, I should be like, God gonna hear this. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't be saying it. But it should give us a sense of uh, accountability. Wherever I'm at, um, whatever I'm doing in my uh, bedroom with the door closed, whatever I'm doing on my laptop, whatever I'm doing on my job, wherever I'm doing when I travel, it should bring a sense of accountability to me that uh, he's omnipresent, that he's always there. He sees my, he, he sees me in anything I'm doing. And, and that's not to bring about shame to our lives and the failures and the difficulties and, and the things of our life. It's not. It's to bring us to him. Because he's there and he wants to be there with you and I. That's number one. Here's the second point of application. It should give, God's omnipresence should give us encouragement to, to serve him. To come to him and to serve him. Ministering to one another knowing that his presence is near, that he, he calls us to, to be disciples and to make disciples and to share the gospel, to know again that um, Philippians 5 said, is, let our gentleness be evident to all, that the Lord is near, that he is near. And thirdly, God's omnipresence should give us comfort when discouraged. Um, sometimes you're in the darkest and deepest pain in this world. And what you need is this attribute of God's omnipresence. I remember my, um, my wife's cousin, fiance, committed suicide. She was sitting in the room and she was um, not eating, not talking. And they called me and I went over she, she wasn't talked she wouldn't she couldn't even open her mouth and I remember sitting in the room I just sat there in a chair she did she would she saw me and didn't say anything and, and I remember just sitting in the prayer and, and I was just 
pray and I would read scriptures, but I was just sitting in the room. And I did that for like a day and a half. And she began to eat. She began to talk. She began to move. And the only thing that began to make that begin to happen for her is presence. It was the gift of presence. And sometimes that's where people are at. And you just need to be present. Just just there. And that's what God, he says, I'm here. I never leave you nor forsake you. I won't abandon you. Many others may have abandoned you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you all the time. His presence. Let his presence heal you. Let Let his presence comfort you. Let his presence guide you. And that's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus Christ came near. God came near. Grace came down. God came near in the person of Jesus Christ. And he was able to come near. He was able to come near because his blood paid the penalty for our sins. And so there's no place he ain't. He's with you. His son died for you. And the gospel is he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Our sin won't change his love for us. He can never love us more than he loves us right now. Don't let anybody lie to you and say what you do would change that. He will be omnipresent in your life. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your grace, your unmerited favor, and your love towards us and all that you are. God, thank you for this word that says that you are ever present in our good times, our bad times, in our our hard and difficult times, Lord, you are there. And we thank you. We need you. God, I pray today that we would be transformed by your presence. And that what you have said to us is true. You'll never leave us nor forsake us, but you'll be with us to the end. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.